Patreon subscribers to Uncle Monster at the Movies. Shibbleman2021. <laughs> of course. My name is Chris Anderson, but if you went to high school with me, you can call me the Shibbleman2021. And I'm Ethan Sereski. And um, I got a very expensive package delivered to me, and uh, someone else signed for it and took it, and now it's gone forever, and I'm very angry. I'm not giving up hope yet. I'm betting we can track this bad boy down. Thank you, Shibble. You're so positive. I'm trying. And uh, speaking of positive, I think we both had a pretty positive uh, experience with Candyman 2021. Well, I have a question for you. Was your experience positive in relation to the other sequels? Or in relation to the original? I'm going to say... This is hands down the best Candyman sequel. Compare it to the original, though, in terms of Compared how Compared to the is. original, I think it was not as scary. No. I think the characters were not as memorable. Especially the character of Candyman. <laughs> and, That's true. <laughs> uh, That's a I problem. Think, <laughs> yeah. Like, and I think... Where I think it was very, uh, it wasn't subtle about its messaging, but I don't necessarily think that was a flaw. I think it was just a different choice. Yeah, no, I, I, I are you talking about the gentrification, the racial issues? The, yeah, uh, yeah, stuff? it's sort of it's, it's sort of handed, but I think it's on purpose. Yeah, no, it was it decided, you know what, these are times where we need to be explicit. Candyman is about a cycle of racialized violence. Yeah, I mean, because otherwise people don't get it because people are stupid. Yeah, yeah. So I don't think that was necessarily a bad call. I don't think that's a flaw at all. I think you need to be outright with it. Explicit, as you said, I guess is the better word. But I, I think you're risking it that people will just gloss right over it if you don't hit them over the head with a hammer. Yeah, especially these days. Uh, so out of five stars, what are you giving Candyman 2021? Four. Four? I was, I was pretty close to that. I was going three and a half. Okay, that's we're not so far off, and I, I'm a huge Candyman guy, so that's probably the extra point five. Yeah, I think I think I would have liked it less if I had not just watched Candyman two and three, <laughs> and it had set my like standards so low as to be like, oh, this is like an actual movie. This actually isn't bad. This is not bad. <laughs> See, I was comparing it to the first one only. I I was looking at it in terms of this is a spiritual sequel to number one. Mm-hmm. And number two and three didn't happen, and I put them out of my mind completely. It would have been great if they had like just like one wink towards yeah, yeah. the two and three, <laughs> like like Purcell's death. Yeah, yeah. If they if at some point the main character hit, or any character had found a copy of Purcell's book, yeah, really good with the with mirror, the mirror cover. jacket. Yeah, or mention Ethan's death. Yeah, yeah, anything like that would have been uh, great. Or even if the guy who was in love with Candyman had mentioned, like, and there are Candyman all over the country. New Orleans, Los Angeles. if the little kid from Candyman 2, the little black kid who used to draw Candyman, I would have liked an appearance from him. That would have been nice. Yeah, yeah. Especially because he's an artist, and this was an art-centric story. Yes, but okay. Let's get into it. All right. Uh, so we're not going to go through the cast because we've come to accept that that segment seems a little bit like a filler. And uh, well, from c- now on, I think we'll just go through like the three or four main characters. Yeah. So our main characters here, we got Candyman. He's the Candyman. 
well, but he's, he's not, not the Candyman you're yeah. familiar with. <laughs> yeah, the problem is he's not the Candyman. <laughs> yes. Uh, he's the Candyman. Yeah. Uh, there's uh, Anthony, uh, a young artist living in Chicago. We're not going to tell you exactly who he is yet, because that would be a spoiler. But it's going to be a spoiler for like 20 minutes later in the episode, because basically the whole show is going to be a spoiler for Candyman. Right. Uh, we've got his girlfriend, Brianna. Uh, we've got Brianna's brother, Troy, and Troy's boyfriend, uh, white guy. Troy is funny. Troy is funny, and I liked his white boyfriend. That was my viewpoint character in the movie. Was it really? That's how you saw, that you saw through his eyes. Yeah, it's like, oh, hey, there's that nice white guy who's just not going to get involved in any of this Candyman stuff. He's doing all right. He's not oppressing anyone. He's just like, you know, he's he's uh, loving of all people. You saw yourself in him. Yeah, real good egg. Um, <laughs> and then there was, what was the name of the guy that ran the, the laundromat and who was like our Candyman expert? Bill. Bill. We've got Bill who runs a laundromat and seems to know a little bit too much about Candyman. Can you know too much about Candyman, really, though? I mean, I feel like we do at this point. Yeah. <laughs> We're mentioning Purcell and Ethan's death. We know too much about Candyman. Yeah. So, we open up. We've got Want our opening snow cone? Sorry, that was a Candyman reference. <laughs> yeah, no, you nailed it. Uh, <laughs> oh, before we get to the plot, did you have any trivia that you wanted to hit up? We usually Set do that scene. afterwards. Oh, okay. Um, facts? What are the ones that you do before... Uh, oh, I usually go through like what the budget was, but this is by Jordan Peele. You guys know that he's great. Yeah. He's a young uh, master in the making, I think. And, uh, and he wasn't the director. We don't want to. No, say no, that. he's behind it. It was a female his, director. His Monkey Paw Productions was uh, one of the production companies. And it was a female director who's very talented. Uh, what was her name? Uh, I cannot remember. Let me look her up real quick. But, yeah, I yeah. really liked her visual style. I mean, I guess you could credit the cinematographer, but I, I think uh, she had a hand in it as well. I liked uh, her sense of pacing. I liked a lot about her work. And I thought her she was name impressive. Is Nia DaCosta. Nia DaCosta. That's a name to remember. And yeah, I think she did do a solid job. And I thought visually, uh, in terms of. Uh, camera work and even a little bit in terms of the editing it reminded me a lot of stanley kubrick in a way wow it's very measured uh there was a lot of like tracking shots where the camera's moving very slowly through white rooms i like that it it i think i mean that that seems like a good point of visual reference for uh nia da costa to pull from it's uh, high praise for her that you reference kubrick yeah so we open up. Uh, first up, we finally get Sammy Davis Jr. singing <laughs> Candyman. Yes. This whole time I've been waiting for that. Yeah. Uh, we see... A great, the, one of the great Jews in show business. It's true. A real mensch, that Sammy Davis Jr. I met an anti-Semite, Shibble. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, and he told me he was one. And wow. I told him, I'm Jewish, you know, and he goes, it's okay. I go, no, it's not. <laughs> no, no he, you're not okay. He goes, the Jews are the most racist people in the world. And I was like, I think this conversation's over. And he didn't understand why it was offensive to me. Yeah, uh, that is, uh, I think there are a lot of things that anti-Semites truly don't understand. I think ignorance is probably the defining characteristic of an anti-Semite. Yeah. Right up there with the, the Jew hating. 
Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That that was my that I, I don't know. Uh, that had something to do with something, but I forgot what it was. But yeah, I met a real anti semite in real life, and I I um, have very rarely done that. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm at sure the I very have. least self avowed. Yeah. Hey, my name's Tommy. I'm, and an, I'm an anti-Semite. Yeah, usually they don't come out and say that, you know. I mean, even if they don't, you know, I mean, people aren't usually open about that. But, hey, fun times, right? Okay, continue, Sybil. Yeah. So we get to see uh, all the production logos were um, mirrored, mm-hmm. which I thought was kind of cool. But also for a second made me think that maybe the version that I was watching was broken. <laughs> but it turned out to be fine. I thought uh, that was awesome. A- I love that. I thought that was No, I thought cool it was thing. cool. It just, it went on a little bit, like, I thought they were just going to do it with the MGM logo, but then they did it with the smaller production companies. What if and, they did it for the whole movie? Yeah. Finally, when I saw some text that was facing the right way, I was like, oh, thank God, I didn't, <laughs> like, fuck up the settings on my TV or something. <laughs> uh, so, we open up Cabrini Green. We're back in Cabrini Green. Thank oh, no. God. 1977. Well, I was saying, oh, no, because it's dangerous, but thank God for the sake of the movie. Yes, I'm not afraid. At this point, I'm basically the Candyman. Uh, they're locked in Cabrini Green with me. You've uh, been you've been through the same sort of thing. I understand how you uh, commiserate. It's true. When I see the Candyman's struggle depicted on screen, it's like that's my story. Yeah, I, I, I often think of you two alike as well. Yeah. Uh, so uh, we got a kid going to do some laundry. Uh, there are cops about Cabrini Green, as usual. Why, they're looking, though? They're looking for some sort of murder man. But uh, he's a murder man who puts um, razors in kids' candy. It's true. Uh, like a real candy man. Yeah, like, he's pretty much a candy man type. Uh, so the kid goes to go do some laundry in the basement of the housing project. And before this, we see him briefly playing with shadow puppets. <laughs> depicting, uh, using his shadow puppets to make a shadow play about uh, racial violence in the black community, and cops beating a black man to death. So you well, can tell this kid... What did you do when you were a kid that you think that's weird? Uh, I mean, if nothing... I think it's not weird at all. I think that's a perfectly rational response to the environment that he's in. I think this kid probably has got some PTSD. And we'll find out later that this kid in fact is a little bit weird. Uh, so he goes down to the basement to do some laundry. There's a big hole in the wall. That's weird. Kind of reminiscent of Candyman's hole in the wall that Helen crawled through in Candyman 1. So you're saying the hole in the wall is reminiscent of the hole in the wall? from? Yeah, it seems very similar to another hole in the wall yeah, that I've okay. seen. Reminiscent, I understand. Yeah. It, rem- it, it creates rem- reminiscences. Uh, <laughs> well put. One of the, uh, so then the kid sees something in the hole in the wall, screams, cut to credits. Now, I know you don't like cold opens. How did you feel about this one? This one didn't bother me because it was so well-placed. Mm-hmm. It, it really did like, feel like a proper preface. It was a break. You know, it was, it was a true prologue. Yeah. A true preamble to the story. It wasn't a break in it wasn't an artificial break in the movie which i hate so uh after our credits we cut to our uh anthony brianna troy and boyfriend all drinking some wine in their uh gentrified cabrini green apartment they are it's so now gentrified. 2021 yeah yes. they, they are very much hipster artsy like uh 
you know, they have money. They seem very cool. In, in fact, they seem like people you would definitely want to hang out with. Yeah, they seem like cool people. Uh, Anthony is a, a painter of some sort. Brianna is an, in the art world, uh, working for galleries, getting artist shows, maybe an agent, doing some sort of art commerce. Like work. booking or something. Yeah, yeah. It, it it was never made particularly clear to me, but she's on the business side of the art world. Right. Uh, so they're all drinking wine, and Troy says, Hey, do you guys want to hear a scary story? And Brianna's like, No. And Troy says, I don't care. <laughs> and proceeds to tell them... What if he had told a story that wasn't Candyman? Yeah, do you guys want to hear a story? It takes place off the coast. It's summer and there's a giant shark. <laughs> do you guys want to hear a scary story? These kids kill this other kid and then they summon a pumpkin-headed monster. And it, that would have been really funny if they just referenced every other horror movie. <laughs> yeah. They there was yeah, this just... pedophile who all the parents got together and burned alive. It would have been a great opportunity to tie in other uh, Jordan Peele properties and create a cinematic universe if you just told them the story of Get Out. Or us. <laughs> uh, so, Did you guys know uh, we have doppelgangers under the tunnels? They live in a fake civilization and they mirror our motions because of a psychic connection. Makes a lot of sense, doesn't uh, So we get a little uh, shadow puppet recreation of the story of Candyman 1, except... It's sort of the official line in which it's Helen is the villain. There is no Candyman. Helen killed uh, the dog. Helen kidnapped the baby. Anthony. He killed Bernadette. Killed Bernadette. Killed her uh, Psychi psychiatrist. Psychiatrist uh, threw baby Anthony into the uh, illegal bonfire that they held at Cabrini Green. Uh, so it, it, it makes Helen out to be a villain. And, and, and Brianna... That's the theme from the first movie, if you remember, that over time these stories change and mutate from whatever kernel of truth they started out in, and they're unrecognizable, and, you know, they're living documents, you know, in a sense. And this one has just been twisted, and Helen is now... There is no Candyman in the story. He's been erased, and Helen's the villain. From It's as if the first movie didn't happen, except Helen was the, the uh, antagonist. But also, to an extent, that's what Helen wanted, because she wanted to erase the legacy of the Candyman. Oh, yeah, I'm not, I'm, I'm not saying it's unfair. I'm just saying it, it's a commentary on, you know, how stories get passed down and how words get twisted and, and stories mm -hmm. get turned, you know? And I, and I also liked that, uh, you know, Brianna said she did not want to hear the scary story, but Troy said you're going to hear it anyway. That making Brianna sort of uh, an audience surrogate for anyone who's like, ooh, this is a scary movie. Maybe I should get out of here. Yeah. You know, you're going to be scared against your will. Uh, so Troy and his boyfriend call it a night. Uh, Anthony is really intrigued by this story of Helen, uh, and he's uh, trying to think of inspiration for his next gallery show, his next series of paintings that he's going to make. Uh, so he's like, oh, maybe something about Helen and Cabrini Green. Oh. I'm from the south side, so I don't know much about Cabrini Green, <laughs> Anthony assures us. 
And also, uh, Anthony, they're getting ready for bed. Anthony takes off his shirt, and Anthony is fucking built. That dude is yeah, he's a tank and stacked. He's a tank, dude. Did you see yeah. him? He yeah, he was yoked up. There was a mirror scene later where I was like, this dude's body isn't. He, he's got to be roiding up. He's he's doing something. He's t- you know what it is. I think it's uh, uh, TRT. I think it's definitely. Or I mean, he hormone. definitely had to like cut water weight for those scenes. I'm yeah. sure his natural resting body doesn't look like that. No, no, he definitely cut weight like an MMA fighter. Like yeah, he, yeah, like he, like he was no sweating water. it out for a couple of days yep. before that shot had to take place. Yeah, because he was rippled. All right, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so he and uh, Brianna start making out, but outside you hear sirens in the background because you can't escape it. Even in their idyllic life, in their nice apartment, but this nice couple that wouldn't hurt a fly, they're still... You can't escape this cycle of uh, police violence in the community. Uh, so the next day, Anthony starts uh, researching Helen. So he Helen. goes out to Cabrini Green. Uh, he finds a uh, an old church... That was uh, one of the churches to Candyman. Uh, Now, was this Candyman's lair, or was it a church to Candyman from his congregation? Uh, I'm not sure. Because that would be a nod to Candyman 3. It's true. And I think uh, the... uh, He gets stung by a bee. This is just really important to note. Right. Because that bee sting pays off. He gets stung on the hand, the right hand by a bee. Uh, and then he's investigating, uh, uh, he like hops a fence, he goes in somewhere, he's in the projects, and then the dry cleaner, was it Bill? We're going to call him Bill. Bill calls out to him, and he's like, hey, hey buddy, you, you're, uh, you, I don't recognize you from the neighborhood. He's like, no, I'm from the south side, I'm not from Cabrini Green. I'm not from Cabrini Green. My name's Anthony. I'm not from Cabrini Green. I'm from the South Side. And Bill's like, oh, I'm from Cabrini Green. Uh, <laughs> and Anthony's like, sure that's funny. Changed. I'm from the South Side. Yeah. Uh, anyway, <laughs> I can tell you're kind of interested in learning about the Candyman. And Anthony's like, yes, tell me all about the Candyman. And he's like, well, when I was a kid, I met the Candyman. And Bill proceeds to take him back to the dry cleaners that he owns and tells him about the Candyman that he knows. The Candyman that he knows was, in fact, a local uh, weirdo with one uh, prosthetic hook hand that would offer candy to children. Now, uh, because he, he was why a bit is of a he simpleton. a weirdo? Uh, because uh, he lived in a wall and he only had one hand, and uh, he seemed to be genuinely strange to me. Maybe you thought he was normal as anybody else. Okay, here's my thing. He was in the wall because the police were looking for him because he was falsely accused of putting the blades in the candy. Yeah, he was just handing out candy to children like a normal man. But it was normal candy, so what would yeah. you, what do you yeah, do Yeah, normal men love walking around with pockets full of wrapped candy to give out to children. But he didn't do anything wrong. He didn't do anything wrong. He is a weirdo. There, yeah, there's an appearance of impropriety. I'll give you that. Uh, so, uh, we cut back, and it seems that Bill was the boy in that uh, laundry room. Uh-oh. This guy just loves laundry his whole life. Some uh, people do. Yeah, that's just, you know, he found us calling. 
early on in life in that laundry room. He was like, this is for me. Yeah, you know what? What if I could go pro? <laughs> uh, and everyone was like, nah, do you know how many people try to go pro at laundry every year? But you know what? I could be the one in the million, and I don't want to live my life with any regrets. Say that like uh, Shaq. I could be that one in a million, and I don't want to live my life with any regrets. That was actually inspiring, because it sounds like something Shaq would say. Yeah, he should say that. Uh, <laughs> I hope Shaq doesn't have any regrets. Uh, so, uh, Bill, young Bill, sees this uh, hook-handed Candyman come out of that wall This sounds the ableist. I don't mean to interrupt, but you sound a little ableist right now because you're saying he's creepy because he has a prosthetic hand. No, I said he was creepy because he gave candy to children. You inferred that he was creepy because he had a hook hand. I jo- said he had a hook hand to tie in the fact that Candyman has a hook hand. Joe, Our the, guy, Tony hand. Joe the guy who owns the new, used to own the news stop used to give my daughter candy. I mean, I was there, so it's different, but... It is very different. He would offer her candy, and I would say it was okay. Oh, I guess that's the difference. Yes. Okay, all right, I'll give you... All right. Maybe he was kind and didn't know how to express it properly. Maybe his intentions were good, I'm saying, but he wasn't. Yeah, weird. I'm not saying any anything about his intentions. We later learned that he did not attack any children. Someone else is responsible for that. Someone else was putting the razor blades in candy. He was just a creepy guy. Well, it's important, that- though, that we realize he was an innocent soul. Yes. Important because the police rush in when Bill sees him and beat him to death. Wait. Uh, I thought Bill screams. Yes, Bill screamed. That alerts the police. And they shoot him to death. Uh, I believe they beat him to death. Oh, I thought I thought it was implied that they shot him to death. I'm sorry. Uh, well, they kill him. Yeah, he's dead. <laughs> uh, and he was innocent. And Anthony hears the story and boy... It really uh, affects him. It really resonates. So he, Anthony is telling Brianna about the Candyman. He loves the Candyman now. He yep. finds it to be very inspiring. Loves him. And he's like, you know what the craziest part about Candyman is? They say you can summon his ghost if you say Candyman in the mirror five times. And Brianna's like, I'm not saying Candyman in the mirror five times. I'm not doing that. What a good he's like, well, here we go. surrogate uh, Brianna is because, like... So many people would be thinking that, you know, like, I'm not doing that. Yeah, no. You know what? Not worth it. Uh, what do you get? But, like, like there's a win- there's winning and losing in that game, but both are a loss. Yeah, either Candyman doesn't show up, in which case it was stupid, or Candyman does show up and he kills you. Yeah, so, yeah. But it's also, I guess the only, the winning play there is to say it, he doesn't show up and you prove to your friends that you're not chicken. Oh, okay. That sounds worth it. Yeah. Uh, so Marty uh, McFly mentality. Yeah. Uh, Candyman, uh, or Anthony does summon uh, Candyman, says Candyman five times. He doesn't show up. Instead, we go to the art opening. Uh, Anthony is uh, showing his new work there, which is called, uh, his piece is called Say My Name. And appears to be a mirrored medicine chest. I thought it was just going to be a Destiny's Child song. Unfortunately, it does not. He should have that playing in the background. Yeah, well, that would have been added very something. lightly. Yeah. Uh, uh, but uh, you open up the mirror, 
to uh, the uh, medicine chest, and it shows you an entire room that's filled with crazy Candyman murder paintings that he's made. <laughs> uh, so that's pretty cool. And Did you like it as art? Um, I thought it was cool because it was kind of unexpected. Uh, I thought the execution was a little bit so-so. Um, I thought it was pretty cool. Like, if I saw that on eBay, I might give it a look. I mean, I don't think you'd be able to buy it on eBay because it requires having the entire room installed behind a mirror. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I didn't realize it was that involved. I thought it was just in the inside of a mirror. There was, like, some pictures. No, no. He had an entire room on the other side of that wall. Oh, well, that's too involved. I don't want that Yeah, no, that's eBay. definitely an installation piece. The shipping would be ridiculous. Yes. They would basically have to put... Uh, it would have to be reassembled on site... Uh, and it's haunted but, too. Yeah, and also, yeah, you might people might end up summoning the Candyman, which, let's face it, nobody wants that. Yeah, well, it depends which one, but we'll get there. But uh, some people at the gallery seem interested. A high school student takes a picture of the mirror. Uh, for a second, I thought she was going to go viral with the Candyman TikTok challenge, but uh, that did not happen. <laughs> That would have been a really funny twist if Candyman was getting summoned around the world oh my by people God. saying Candyman in the mirror oh my from God. TikTok challenges. I think that was the last Ring the Ring movie did that. The last The Ring movie was like it went viral on the internet. Oh, that's yeah, that seems like the natural progression for The Ring for sure. Yeah, it, it was The not Ring a good was also movie. the <laughs> inspiration for fear.com, uh, which was horrible. Uh, but had the really good moment in the trailer where uh, the woman says to Steven Dorff, just promise me one thing. You won't go to that website! It's <laughs> just a very evil website. Steven um, Dorff really does look like a vampire. It's true. Uh, so uh, there's also an art critic there who's taking a look at Anthony's piece, Say My Name. And so he goes over and tries to sell her on it, but he starts getting a little bit heavy into art speak, uh, which she finds alienating, and correctly so, uh, because it made his art look corny. What did he say? He was like this perspective and the all that. Yeah, yeah. He got a little bit of like you know just some some bsing, and he he didn't let the work speak for itself. Uh, what is it called? Empty space. Was he talking about that? He was called say my name. No, no, I'm saying when you talk about, like, the empty space. In a oh, negative space? Negative space. Was he doing that? That's annoying. Uh, not as much. <coughs> he wasn't so much talking about composition as he was trying to, like, make meaning explicit. Yeah, which, which... is stupid. Let the, uh, let the critic make up their mind. It, it looks so pathetic when you have to explain it. Yeah, and he definitely, he, he, he fumbled it on that one, and the art critic was clearly like, ugh. It's supposed to be about what gentrification, right? Like artists moving into poor neighborhoods as the tip of the spear for gentrifiers, and he's like, "What? <laughs> what do you mean me? I'm no like other people. You don't get it." <laughs> um, she did so, call him a gentrifier. That was a good moment. Yeah, and you know, she wasn't entirely wrong. No. Uh, so Anthony gets flustered and goes to leave. Uh, on his way out, he stops by uh, and talks to the guy who's running the art gallery, uh, who uh, is talking to a potential buyer. 
and the buyer's like, oh, hey, I saw your piece, say my name, that was really cool. And when you open the windows, you saw those paintings in that other room. Where'd you find those paintings? The dumpster? That's awesome. And Anthony was like, no, actually, I painted those in my studio. And you're a fucking idiot. <laughs> and uh, Storm's out. That was mean. Uh, yeah, but to be fair, uh, his work was kind of corny, and you need to have a thick skin if you're going to be in the art business. It doesn't mean it's nice, it's still a mean thing to say. It was a mean thing to say, but also he thought he didn't possibly genuinely think that he was working with found art. No, he didn't. He might have. He's I think the shit. piece might have worked better with found art, if I'm being honest. Uh, I don't think it was that bad. Um, uh, so, that night... You know the what's sad? Owner, there's an artist who made that for the movie, and there and there's a chance they might come across this, <laughs> and, and well, you're just tearing it apart. I'm not. I, hey, that artist, I'm sure, was to some extent. I'm not. Dis, I don't want to disrespect the craft. The craft, I thought, was fine. I think, in terms of conception, I think using found art. But obviously, it's not easy to go out and just find paintings of Candyman. Yeah, if you could have say hung photographs that were blown up of street art that depicted Candyman that was historically located oh. around Cabrini Green, I think that would be a better piece. That's a great idea. Uh, but, once again, I'm not an artist. Uh, so are. the art gallery uh, owner that night, he's sort of cleaning up after the opening with his uh, young, uh, hot girlfriend wearing a Joy Division shirt. <laughs> Good detail. And uh, she's like... Mm, have sex with me while I summon Candyman. And he's like, okay. Was this a callback to the first movie? Uh, where they had sex while summoning Candyman? Like in the first scene of the first movie where it was like a sexual thing and each time he said, uh, uh, what's his name, uh, the director's brother? Ted Raimi. Yeah, Ted Raimi. Each time he said Candyman, the girl was like, oh, oh. Uh. I don't know if it was a direct callback. No, I'm saying it, it, wasn't it, it reminiscent? It wasn't it reminiscent? It didn't evoke that for me, but it might have evoked that for you. I won't... Well, it uh, did. Well, yeah. I don't think you're being disingenuous. I believe your <laughs> lived experience. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. That's very fair of you. Uh, anyway, uh, she says Candyman five times, and then they get killed by reflections in the mirror. By which I mean the reflections get like attacked by what appears to be a man in a long yellow coat with a hook hand, uh, who kind of matches the description of the Candyman pedophile that we run into. Uh, well, the what? Or the the not pedophile, the uh, falsely accused of being a pedophile. Candyman. Oh, oh, um, Bill's Candyman. Yes, and at this point I started to wonder, like, are they just retconning Candyman? Is it no longer Daniel Robitaille? I got a little bit confused. No, see, I, I knew that. I, I, I had a feeling that they were going to go with the multi... Because, I mean, it, it, systematic racism, I, I felt like, was going to be the theme from the beginning. So the second, I, Oh, I think it definitely works. Yeah, the second I saw another Candyman, I was like, oh, there's... Every time someone dies tragically, there's a possibility a Candyman is created. Uh, so then, uh, yeah, they both get killed by Candyman. Are there any white Candyman, you think? Uh, just me. <laughs> that's why I stay away from Cabrini Green. I know as soon as I set foot on there... They're going to burn gonna you alive. Like, yeah, the uh, hook is going to erupt out of my hand, and I'll be killed for crimes I did not commit. And you'll kidnap a baby named Anthony. Uh, so, 
speaking of Anthony, oh, Anthony. Uh, he's <laughs> back at his house and starts uh, he's painting obsessively he's still feeling very inspired by Candyman he's going to finish this Candyman run he's not going to let his bad opening uh, you know break his stride uh, also we see that bee sting on his hand it's looking a little bit fucked up at yeah, this point. doesn't look like a bee sting anymore no it looks a little bit worse what do you mean a little bit worse? It looks like an infection that got infected and then got gangrene. It's true. But it doesn't look as bad as it's going to get. That's true. Well, I, I, relative, it's, so it's relatively, it's not bad. It's basically swollen up to the size of a silver dollar pancake, and it's a little oozy, a little crusty. <laughs> uh, so, uh, to continue his research, Anthony goes back to uh, the college that Helen was studying at and gets her notes, which have been stored away in an archive this entire time. Uh, Helen believes that Candyman is a convenient scapegoat for the perven- uh, pervasive violence in Cabrini Green. You know, when people uh, kill, get killed, and they don't have anybody to blame, the cops never do anything, they just say, oh, it was Candyman. That's her explanation. Uh, Anthony's listening to this uh, audio cassette of her notes in a mirrored elevator, creating an infinity mirror. This, I thought, was one of the more memorable sequences of the film. Uh, you like that, huh? Uh, yeah, I thought an infinity mirror uh, scenario was a good uh, setup for Candyman, and we hadn't seen that yet in the franchise. Fresh take on mirrors, I love it. I had just, you know what it was? I had just, I'm still shaken from my experience with uh, uh, the devil made me do it, Conjuring, the new Conjuring, and they had a mirrored shot, and it reminded me of that, and it kind of turned me off that one moment. Mm, yeah, you really did not like The Devil Made Me Watch God, it. God, it was such a disappointment, but that's not what we're talking about. No. Uh, so he looks at his hand a little bit more. It's a little bit fucked up. <laughs> he finds a piece of uh, candy with a razor blade in it in this elevator. Where did that come from? Then he looks up and he sees, oh, it's a candy man, and he's hanging upside down from the ceiling. And the lights black out, and there are a bunch of creepy sounds. Then the elevator doors open, and he runs out. Just well, a jump scare. Make, Everything's make, fine. Make a note that when he looks up and sees the Candyman, which Candyman is it? He sees... Uh, he, he sees uh, the uh, 70s Candyman. Sherman. Yeah, Sherman. That's his name. Uh, so Anthony now is even more obsessed with the Candyman, if that was even possible. Uh, and his girlfriend is like, you got to stop thinking about Candyman and come to dinner with me. <laughs> I have a very important dinner, and I want you to be there to support me. And uh, so they go to dinner, and uh, Brianna's like working on trying to get a better job, especially now that uh, uh, the art gallery owner has been found dead at his Candyman exhibit. Now there's this huge buzz. Everybody's like, ooh, Anthony and Brianna, this artistic power couple. This is obviously, you know, if it bleeds, it leads. These guys are going to be in the headlines. Anthony, there's a news story on the TV that reveals that the guy was murdered and Anthony just says, they said my name. They said my name on TV and the name of my piece, which was say my name. And, uh, that was a little bit insensitive. No, a little bit insensitive, a little bit, but he seems to be now fully, uh, driven around the bend by this Candyman obsession. Oh yeah. He's a different person than he was at the beginning of the film. By this point, he's, completely obsessed and he's he's going down the Virginia Madsen lane 
Uh, and, and, and perhaps even something worse than what happened to Virginia Madsen. Yeah, Virginia well, Madsen seemed to have a uh, uh, an obsession that a normal person might have. You know, something that was perhaps just worse than a healthy interest. Whereas Anthony seems to be possessed in some sense. Yeah, or uh, obsessed. Yeah, well, it, or both. Th- there seems to be an aspect of supernaturalness yes, to his interest. You're right, and it's signified by the the hallucinations and the bee sting and all that, yeah. and pre preordained destiny and all that. Yeah, so Brianna is making some moves in the art world. She gets invited to go to a museum where she might be, you know, advancing her career, getting a job over there. Uh, Anthony runs out of the dinner. He's freaking out about this whole situation. Uh, But he also has a meeting with uh, an art critic, the art critic that slammed him before, that middle-aged white lady. She gave him the "Mm, business. Pedestrian. Mm. (laughs) It's about gentrification. I I get it. Um, I'm entertaining a man downstairs. Where's the... Oh, that's uh, Elm Street. I'm sorry. Yeah. On delay. On delay. Um, So... uh, (laughs) He's at the art critic's apartment, and she's like, you know, I've had some time to think about it, and I think your piece was actually very interesting. <laughs> uh, and he's like, do you think it was interesting because that guy was murdered there? And she's like, art's all about context. <laughs> Which, you know, that's fair. But you can tell what really bothers Anthony is her lack of integrity, the fact that she was going to slam his piece just as easily as now she's going to write something glowing about it. You know, that that she's just a huge phony. Uh, and so he dares her to say Candyman in the mirror five times. Which is not... That's a mean trick. Yes, especially because he knows that Candyman is real and it's going to kill her. Uh, because she does summon Candyman when she has to go to the bathroom. And uh, Anthony goes to go check on her after he's been gone for a while and sees looks in the mirror and sees Sherman reflecting is his reflection in the mirror. The Candyman, Sherman, is on the other side of the mirror. And the other side of the mirror also has a bunch of bees on it. Luckily, there aren't any bees on this side. <laughs> but still, uh, he finds this to be a little bit disturbing to look in uh, the mirror and see reflected back at him a uh, murder man that died 50 years ago, 40 years ago. Uh... Then, you know who they should have had in this movie as the biggest nod to the first one? The guy who said, "We hear you're looking for the Candyman, bitch." You know what? You know how we're talking about, and we're gonna jump ahead a little bit right here. Candyman sort of reoccurs in Cabrini Green. Every generation, there's a new guy that gets murdered and becomes the Candyman, who is known as Candyman in life to some extent. There was Daniel Robitaille, he was the original Candyman. There was Sherman, he was another Candyman. In the closing credits, we see a puppet show of several other Candymen. How about Helen? Uh, Helen was not a Candyman. No one ever referred to her as Candyman. And I think that's why she was able to break that cycle. How was uh, Helen not a Candyman if she was because resurrected. no one ever called her Candyman and she didn't have a hook for a hand. Well, they didn't call her Candyman, but yes, she did have a hook for it. No. Yes, she did. She carried, she carried a hook. Carried a she... hook. But that, oh, oh, that's different. They didn't call her Candyman, she... so she's not a Candyman. You said her she's name... also not black. She's not a victim of racialized violence. You say her name five... If you say someone's name five times in the mirror and they appear behind you with a hook, they're a Candyman. 
Uh, they are if the name you're saying is Candyman. Well, he knew her, so he said Helen. Like, that would be like if Daniel Robitaille's relative said Daniel instead of Candyman. They, they're on a first I bet if they said that, Daniel Robitaille would not appear. Maybe Daniel Robitaille would appear instead of Candyman. Someone should try it. All right. Coming up on our next episode, listeners, we say Daniel Robitaille five <laughs> times in a mirror. Hello? <laughs> uh, but, anyway, as part of that continuum of Candyman, I thought it would have been interesting if that 1980s ganglord Candyman had become the, gang- the Candyman of the 80s. Why, why he didn't die tragically? He didn't because of Helen's involvement. Helen changed the story. But how would he have died tragically? He would have been murdered by police or something. But he was know. a bad guy. Was he? We didn't know his whole story. He was the biggest gang leader and drug distributor in Cabrini Green. Well, and we also don't know a lot of these other guys' stories. All I'm saying is maybe he would have been killed for a crime that he didn't commit. Maybe Candyman is usually an innocent and a, and like a, a good-hearted person who dies at the hands of uh, angry white people for no reason. That boy, that sounds a lot like Helen. <laughs> Wait. Is it? No. No, she died at the hands of Candyman. Yes. She died in a giant bonfire saving Anthony. Right, uh, an innocent person dying violently. Yes. But not at the hands of the police. It was not racialized violence. You're right, it wasn't. She was a martyr making up for the sins of white people, and that's why she has grace. That's true. And, and a Candyman invited her to join him. That's why she was able to come back. She's not a Candyman. You are correct. Continue. Okay. So, at this point, uh, Anthony's getting a little freaked out. <laughs> Brianna's getting a little bit freaked out. It's about out. time. Yeah. Uh... Anthony's uh, situation with the bee sting is getting much worse. <laughs> it is spreading up his arm. Uh, he goes. He goes to see his mom in her apartment. I love this scene. Yeah, and he's like, "I grew up on the south side, right? I grew up on the south side. That's what you told me. I'm a, I'm south side." My name is Anthony, I'm from the South Side. And Mom's like, no. Your name is Anthony, and you're from and Cabrini Green. You're from Cabrini Green. And you were the baby that Helen saved. And the story that you've heard about Helen is not true. We told that to everybody to end the legacy of Candyman. And now Candyman appears to be back, because somebody told you about Candyman, breaking our pact to never mention Candyman again. And Anthony's like, I can't believe I'm not from the South Side. <laughs> My whole so sense goes, of identity is gone. Yeah. So he goes back to uh, Bill to get some more answers. Wouldn't you be mad? I, uh, to, if I found out I was not born on the South Side, I would be livid. No, mad at Bill. Mad at Bill? For telling me about the Candyman? I would assume that everyone who lives in Cabrini Green would know about Anthony the baby who survived the fire. Yeah, that's why they all took the pact. That's why they all showed up at Helen's funeral. Well, that's why I'm saying that Bill, I'd be mad at Bill for breaking the pact. Oh, okay. I thought you were saying, uh, wouldn't I be mad if I was Anthony? No, no. I, I, I mean, Bill broke the pact. Yeah, no, it's fucked up. Uh... 
But the so, question is Anthony, why, and we'll answer that later. Yeah, we'll answer that actually pretty quickly, because the next thing that I remember happening was uh, Anthony and uh, Bill are in the Candyman church. Wait, what about the schoolgirls? Oh, yes, I forgot. There's a brief scene where, remember that high school student that was taking the TikTok Candyman challenge? <laughs> Uh, she's in the... First, I'm going to eat cinnamon, a spoonful of cinnamon, then I'm going to call the candy man. Okay, here we go. Oh, it burns. <laughs> it burns. So, this high school girl is in the John with her four best friends, and she's like, oh my god, you guys, have you heard of the candy man? And they're like, no. Tell me about the candy man. I love it already. Tell me. And she says, the Candyman, if you say his name five times in a murder, in a mirror, he'll in show a murder. up and murder you. <laughs> and he'll show up and mur- mirror you. Murder. Uh, if you say it five times in a mirror, he'll show up and murder you. And they're all like, yes, let's do it. So they summon Candyman and he shows up in this high school bathroom and kills them. The scene felt a little bit needless to me. I, I liked it because you've got to think in the other movies... Where are the other people hearing about this and calling Candyman? Because the word's spreading, and in this movie they actually took the time to say, oh yeah, these kids did do it, and he murdered them. So I think that was tying up a loose end that, like, oh, no one else except for Anthony is in on it. I mean, like, because they, they have the whole art exp- uh, the art show, you know, so people yeah. heard about it. And I do like it sort of answers... This movie does do a little bit to answer your question that you had, the problem that you mentioned one or two movies ago, of why doesn't Candyman kill white people? White people are the people who wronged him. Uh, and now that Cabrini Green is getting gentrified and he's tied to Cabrini Green, there are white people in Cabrini Green for him to kill. And he loves killing them. Yeah, no, I, I, I took... I, I mean, it was nice to see that. I mean, because there was... I found that to be a bit of a problem with the first few, you know, because... You wouldn't picture him torturing the poor black community as, like, the main goal of Candyman, although he has to keep his myth alive. But, you know, it just kind of goes against what he is. Uh, But I think... A murder man, so I guess it doesn't. (laughs) Yeah, and as as a a metaphor for a cycle of violence, he makes sense. Well, uh, totally, as a metaphor, but I'm just saying as a character, Mm. maybe not as much. But uh, you can work around it. Yeah, yeah, I think it goes back to him just wanting to kill and being stuck in Cabrini Green, so he kills who's available. You're right, exactly. It's just a matter of the population around him. So uh, now we've got Anthony's in a church, and Brianna goes to find him there. He's tied to a chair, and Bill is there. And Bill's like, I did all of this because we need a new Candyman. Every generation, there's a Candyman. And I wrote down a quote that he said that I thought was really cool. He says, Candyman is how we deal with the fact that these things happened. How they're still happening. Boom. Right there, that's the movie. Yep, it is. When you want to be subtle, be obvious about it. That's what my old film school teachers used to tell me. Was Bill, um, Bill was Stringer Bell, right? No. He wasn't? No. Was he someone from The Wire? No, Stringer Bell was Idris Elba. Oh, I meant uh, Avon. No, he looked like someone from the wire. Who did he look like from the wire? Uh, he looked kind of like the guy that opened up the boxing clinic. That's wow, Shibble, You're a big wire fan. 
not a big wire fan, but I had that same thought. But I looked it up. He's not that guy. Oh, I was. I'm I was just, just about to look it up. All right, it's not him. Uh, I don't believe so. And he had a pretty different voice, okay. uh, and he was a little bit skinnier. Okay, but good actor anyway. Yeah, no, he did a great job. Uh, and here he gets to chew a little bit of scenery as he is the last surviving member of the Congregation of Candyman. Uh, and he tells about how Daniel Robitaille was the original Candyman and there are Candymans for every generation that they're all, you know, hook-handed, beasting murdermans that love candy. Murdermans. Uh, and uh, Brianna's like, that's fucked up. And then <laughs> you want to see something fucked up and Bill cuts off uh, Anthony's infected hand and jams a hook in it. Uh, which is pretty... Anthony pretty takes it well because he's sort of in a trance state. Yeah, he seems to be pretty far gone at this point. His Half of his body is basically looking like a big beehive now. Uh, he's looking... He's a little worse for wear. Aren't his eyes all white and stuff? Uh, yeah, he's definitely got some glaucoma or something. <laughs> and then... Uh, He's got macular degeneration. Everything's going wrong. Yeah. He's like my grandmother. But then... With a hook. He, uh... Who kills uh, Bill? There's a fight. Doesn't Brianna? Brianna, yeah. Takes down Bill. Uh, Anthony's looking like he's in bad shape, in part because he just had a hand cut off. And in part because Uh, he's infected with ancient evil. Yeah. Uh, and just a nasty beast thing. Yeah, that's all that is. And so she's sort of sitting there weeping, and all of a sudden, and she's like, we're going to get you to the hospital, we're going to get you some help. And then the cops show up and shoot him to death. Why did the cops show up? I don't know. Bill called them on purpose. Oh, classic Bill. He needed them to show up. Oh, yeah, because he needed them to kill Anthony to make him the next Candyman. Right. Uh, so, and his plan worked. It always uh, works. <laughs> that yeah. that plan is foolproof. So, I don't mean in Candyman. I mean in general. If you if you yeah, <laughs> that's a, if you want to see a black dude get killed, call the cops. Right, a bird watcher uh, in particular in Central Park. You can you can call the police yeah, and any, they'll harass yeah. them. Yeah. Uh, so they don't actually uh, do that. Idiot. Yes, please don't kill black people by calling the police on them. Please. Uh, so then, if you're listening to our show and you were thinking about killing black <laughs> people by calling the police stop on them, listening. I'm going to ask you to stop listening. Yeah, really, you don't belong here. Uh, so the police arrest Brianna. And, you know, of they course. throw her in the backseat of a cop car and the detective's like, listen, there are two ways we can write this up. Either we can say, my officer killed that kid... Uh, killed your boyfriend, Anthony, because uh, he was trying to save your life. Or we can say that he was an accomplice and that you were an accomplice and then we'll send you to jail for all the murders that he did, too. That we were going to pin on him all these recent Candyman murders. That's so Raven. I mean, police. Yeah. And so she's like, okay, well, do me a favor. Point the rearview mirror at me. I want (laughs) to see my face when I tell you this story. And I'll say whatever you want. And the cop's like, deal. Let me adjust the mirror. And then she says Candyman five times. And Anthony, as Candyman, shows up and starts killing all these cops. Um, and so, yeah. She escapes the cop car. 
and she runs out, and all the cops have been killed by Candyman, and then we see a swarm of bees in a coat in an alley, and it approaches, and it coalesces into the form of Daniel Robitaille, <gasps> Tony Todd. It's amazing. And he says something to the effect of, don't let them forget me. Tell them all, or something like that. He says, tell them all. And That's uh, not how he says it. Let me hear every imitation. Tell them all. That was so, <gasps> that was so good. Oh, thank you. That was so good. Do that and say Helen. Helen, be my victim. Oh my God, where is this coming from? That's amazing. I've been doing that this entire time. No, it hasn't been that good. Well, I must have gotten better with practice. No, it was good, but it hasn't been that good. Well, thank you. Yeah, very good. Now do Brianna. Brianna. No, no, do Brianna's voice. I... I don't have to because we cut the credits. Don't call Candyman. That's <laughs> nailed it. Now do Troy. Don't call Candyman. I'm telling this story anyway. <laughs> uh, so do his boyfriend. Yeah. Then over the closing credits, we get another great little shadow puppet sequence showing uh, the origins of all the Candyman, the entire line of Candyman, up from Daniel Robitaille through Anthony McCoy, are. Or con- continuity of Candyman. The cycle of violence continues to perpetuate itself. And that's so depressing. Uh, it is, and it needs to be witnessed. We need to acknowledge it if we're going to change it. Yeah, I, that's what's, I didn't mean it was depressing that we have this cycle of systematic racist violence. I meant it's depressing because if we want to change it, blah, 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 because I haven't seen much change. No, it's true. Candyman 2021 didn't quite solve the problem. But we're on our way. I thought it, I keep thought it would by itself. Day. Yeah, not this time. I thought all the Proud Boys would see the movie and be like, I get it. Now I see. I'm just like those guys that made Candyman. <laughs> Fuck! Maybe that's how we have to communicate is via horror film. I mean, if we did, this is a great start. Because like I said, very clear... Very on message. I got it. What's your take on this movie overall? If I said, I haven't seen this movie, should I see it, and is it any good? I would say, it is not bad. It is a worthy sequel to Candyman. I'm going to say, if you have not seen Candyman, watch Candyman instead. Oh yeah, definitely. The first one is amazing. It's the best. But I think that this fits right in. As uh, yeah. as an updated uh, spiritual sequel, I think Candyman two and three are fun. You should watch them for fun. After you watch Candyman one, why not? But they're obviously not nearly uh, up to this uh, quality. I'm gonna say Candyman one is great. You actually don't need to watch Candyman two and three. Unless, you'll probably be fine. If you like and... Candyman, you'll you'll enjoy and it'll be fun. They won't be great movies, but you'll get a kick out of them. You might. You might not. Uh, Says but, the guy who, who like thinks you should all watch uh, Phantasm Refivager. I think you should not watch can, uh, Phantasm Refivager unless you really are a Phantasm completionist, which you should be, and so you should watch yes. it. Yes. Yeah, okay, I thought. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, 
so that's the end of the Candyman franchise, at least to date. Who knows if there'll be more Candyman coming down the pike if America doesn't address its racial problems at its beating heart, I'm sure there will be more Candyman. Well, I mean, I, I, I don't think there will be another one because we've made such progress over the past 400 years. Oh! Oh, the dog agrees! I think the dog strongly disagrees. Uh, my God. Uh, I was going to ask you a question. What would you do as a sequel to this sequel? Okay. Well, we've now established that there's a line of Candyman, so we need to have a new Candyman appear. You wouldn't stick with Anthony? Uh, it could be Anthony. Anthony now could be established as our Candyman. So we then tell our origin story, which is a retelling of this. And this time, you know what? If we're going back into sequels and we're going to follow the original Candyman arc of having sequels lean more and more to Slasher, I would love to see a slasher in a black urban high school as opposed to a white suburban high school. Interesting. But then, think, then we're back to... I can't to, think of one. Then we're back to Candyman slaughtering urban black people. Uh, yes. But, I mean, we've also seen that Cabrini Green has become more uh, gentrified. It could be... Uh, you could talk about class divide there. You could have him interacting with white and black kids. Yeah, you could have a mixed population at a high school around there, probably. Yeah, we've never seen Candyman go after both white and black people in equal portion. <laughs> I would like to see him kill an Asian person. Yeah, we've also rarely seen him interact with people of other races, except for in Day of the Dead. Oh, yes. So Abuela. Think... He interacted with Abuela and her blood eggs. Yeah, and, and Mickey. He killed Mickey. Right, of course. <laughs> so, I think, yeah, I I would like to see it, if I was going to make the next Candyman, I would do an urban slasher, an urban supernatural slasher. I think that could be fun. I think you could still touch on these same ideas. Uh, I obviously, if I was the one who was called in to make it, I don't have nearly as much insight into... Uh, urbanized racial violence to do anything super deep about it I still would want that to be a theme but I don't think I could lend it the authenticity that it would need to get into that in depth how much would uh, you involve Tony Todd uh, as much as I would be allowed to well, I'm giving uh, you carte blanche okay uh, I would maybe now turn Tony Todd and Helen together are trying to stop Anthony the Candyman they're trying to change things oh so they've reached true love and the curse is broken for Daniel Robitaille and now he's good again and he wants to stop Anthony something like that and something where he would uh, and they would only appear sort of in the last act of the film they would sort of be the MacGuffin I don't know. I like you. I, if you got Tony Todd, use him. Yeah, but he's not for this role. He wouldn't be. I don't know. I think you could sprinkle him in without only using him in the end. I mean, maybe I'd have him appear like as a mysterious shadowy figure in like a couple scenes in the beginning, being like, "Look at the old Cabrini Greens." That yeah. Who is that? Who is that? bum down in the alley <laughs> wearing that luxurious coat <laughs> don't say his name 
in those checked 18th century pants. 19th yeah. century. What about you? You got any Candyman sequel thoughts? Yeah, bring back Helen as the villain. Interesting. And have her Helen be the is... actual villain and just make her the new Candyman. No. Okay. No, I take it back. Jake is the new Candyman. The one from uh, Candyman 2? No, from the Fair original well, Candyman. The little kid who Helen like really oh, inappropriately okay. pumps for information. Oh, yeah. The one who's like, don't worry. Candyman's not going to get Candy you. Candyman's going to get me. You know that no, kid? No. He's not going to retaliate against your family. It's fine. No, he's going to kill us all. And she's like, no. No, no. He doesn't have any friends on the outside that <laughs> It's fine. <laughs> yeah, I would like to see Jake back. I, I would like to see some of the older characters back, some some tossing references from the other ones. But um I Gangster I like, Candyman's out of prison and he's trying to go legit. Yeah, I I gotta see the guy from just what happened to the guy who goes, I hear you're looking for the candyman, bitch. I, I he's my one of my favorite characters, the guy from the police lineup. But what yeah. I'd like to see is some some vengeance some more vengeance you know i liked that that finally Candyman took vengeance upon so you want you want Candyman as more of a protagonist than an antagonist but i want him as both is that is that can you have that it's difficult uh that's uh i want him as a danger you know he's a ghost murder man so don't yeah. call him if you're in the community, you know? I mean, he could protect the community, you know, if you just don't call him. So then, who who is our hero going to be? Candyman. I'm saying he's the protagonist. Okay, so then, yeah, you are, you are having him as a protagonist. Right, but he's also an antagonist because he's a murderer. Okay, so he we open kill, our story. He kill, he, like, he would, see, he kills... When he's called, of course, but he also would kill for So justice. who are the people that are calling him? Well, I'm saying he could be kill, uh, any number of people in the neighborhood, black people, white people, his normal killing Like, spirit. we're not going to open the movie in the afterlife with Candyman sitting in his ghost living room. What? Where are we starting? Oh, we're starting with um, people calling him. Who are these people? I haven't thought this out. Neither have I. I had to come up with it on the spot. Oh yeah, well I I mean I'm I, I didn't think about it. Um I think um no. Someone calls okay, it opens like this. A bunch of uh kids, mixed ethnicities, calling Candyman. Like the teens in my high school. He doesn't show up. Okay. Nothing happens. The end. Because because Daniel Robitaille has reached some sort of inner peace. Okay, how are we, how do we communicate that? No, no, that's what we got to... It can't open on... Oh, no, we it can't open on that. But we, we, have to, we have to show him ascending to some different level, different plane of existence, so we can have him be the protagonist and Anthony be the antagonist. Okay. That's what I like. I want, I want to see a Candyman for the community against a murder-mad Candyman who's brand new and doesn't know the ropes. Okay. And then we could have Sounds Candyman good. on Candyman violence. Okay. Now Candyman versus Candyman. Now you're speaking my language. Yeah, now now we're cooking. No matter who wins, we lose. <laughs> so, did you have some trivia? No, but I I can look some up. 
that's okay. If you don't have anything that you're excited about, then we shouldn't say it. All right, good. Yeah, no, I, I, I was more excited about the movie this time. I don't think we need trivia. Um, I'm going to guess they used bees and people got stung and paid for it. You're covering your microphone. I'm going to guess that uh, during the filming of the movie, uh, they used bees and that people were stung and paid for it by contract. Probably. I'm gonna. Although I didn't see that many bees in this. There one. weren't, and I'm guessing a lot were and CGI. And a lot of them were CGI. Yeah. And but the CGI bees have come a long way. Much since better. Day of the Dead. Oh, Day of the Dead was. Oh God, was that awful? Um, yeah. Well, then I guess we're up to final thoughts. Final thoughts. Uh, tr- on both Candyman 2021 and the Candyman franchise. Final thoughts uh, on Candyman 2021. Best part of the movie seeing seeing Tony Todd. For that, probably three seconds. Yep, it was the most exciting part of the movie, and that's not a knock on the movie because I found the movie exciting and I found it uh, engaging. But to see the real Candyman at the end, you know, and tying the whole story together was really exciting. You know, made my the hair stand up on my arms. So that was my favorite moment. Favorite character is Troy. Uh, he was just hilarious. Yep. He was likable. He was everything he said was well written and funny. His delivery was great. His boyfriend was funny. I loved Brianna. I loved her relationship with her boyfriend until Anthony got a little nutty. Um, I liked the characters. You know, I thought they were real. I thought they were three-dimensional, the ones who they had enough time to develop. Uh, I liked the gore. I liked the fact that they showed Candyman's reflection before he was strong enough to see him in person, you know. You didn't see uh, Sherman just standing there. You saw nothing, and you saw the woman being lifted up by the hook. I thought that was great imagery. Mm. I thought this was a slickly made movie uh, by a very talented production team and director, Nia DaCosta. It was very satisfying. As a, as a fan of Candyman, mind you, it was very satisfying and a worthwhile watch, in my opinion. Fair enough. I'll put my final thoughts... Uh, in that I think the, uh, I thought it was well shot. I thought it lacked scares a little bit. Yeah, it wasn't that scary. Uh, I thought it did a great job of, uh, expanding and living within the Candyman mythos. Mm -hmm. Uh, so I, to that uh, extent, I thought it was well written. I really liked all the shadow puppet sequences. I thought they were very fun. Um, I think... If it had just been a little bit scarier, how would you have made it scarier? Just last last little question. Um, I think I would have made uh the character of uh, Sherman scarier. Candyman, uh, Shermandyman, <laughs> to be a little bit uh scarier. I just found him kind of be a little bit weird, and I found it to be confusing. I might have introduced the idea of the continuum of candy men earlier in the film uh oh because you weren't sure whether this was a new take on candy man or if yeah i wasn't sure like how how much they were going to be rewriting yeah you know what i mean yeah no that's a good point they probably should have addressed at that point that there was a cycle and maybe if i had you know seen the uh the trailer no you should never have to see the trailer it's horseshit yeah uh and i think it's also interesting to look at this as part of the uh, continuum of the new black horror that uh, uh, Jordan Peele kicked off with Get Out. 
and that we get to see movies getting made like this that are sort of socially conscious horror coming from black filmmakers I think is uh, very exciting. What are some examples? Uh, uh, I mean, obviously uh, the... the uh, Get Out and Us. Get Out and Us. I and mean, there are others. It's not a genre that I'm overly familiar with, but I know it's a move because... How about like I said, Ma? I don't follow... Ma, I would say, uh, well... That's not socially conscious. It's just, I think, that it just happens to be a black actress who's wonderfully talented. Yeah. And Ma was definitely creepy and tied into sort of uh, a, a run of late 70s slashers that I really enjoyed. I didn't hate Ma. No, I liked Ma. But, uh, so, uh, yeah. If you liked Candyman, you'll like... Candyman. And if you love Candyman, I think you might love Candyman 2021. And uh, we loved watching the entire Candyman franchise with you guys. Stay tuned for our next uh, horror franchise. We're going to be actually stepping out of the franchise box and doing a little sci-fi horror double feature. That sounds fun. What, what, what are the movies for our double feature? Well, Ethan chose the uh, Paul W.S. Anderson 90s classic, Event Horizon. Yeah, what? Just a fantastic film, a fantastic choice. And I chose the Kyoto Brothers, Killer Clowns from Outer Space. A classic. So we hope you'll tune in for those two. Uh, after that, it'll be my pick again for franchises again. Uh, but So that means fa- uh, let's not Phantasm get our again. <laughs> And uh, it looks, oh my god, it looks like we're getting the red light from Kincaid. Oh, is, is that, hold, hold on, I didn't even. <laughs> it's all right, because no, he's not here, dare. it's don't Reggie. Don't you dare oh cut off god, Kincaid. Oh my god, what a long show. What? Wait, was it long, Reggie? Oh my god, it's Kincaid, there he is. Hey, hey, I just need to find my notes, man, I'm looking for him. I hit the red light button by accident. Come on, Rich. Hey, Reggie, I was watching a a, a thing about uh, Refivager earlier. I like how you yeah. were the star of that movie and not the other ones. That that made it my favorite one of the Phantasms. Why, that's great, Kincaid. I really liked Nightmare on Elm Street 4. <laughs> what? Nightmare on Elm Street one- 3 is the best one, and you know that. Well, it takes all types. <laughs> well, well, let me tell you something. You were my favorite dream warrior. <laughs> and you're my favorite phantasm warrior. And, and, and Reggie, I got to tell you something about Shibble. Yeah? He's a pussy. Oh, my God. What we need to do is stop guessing and start messing. You know why I do this, Reggie? No. So I don't have to look at your ugly face all the time. But the point is... Listen, you two burnt up crackers. You ran out of time. I keep telling you, that's something Freddy would do. Try it again and I'll kick your ass all over dreamland. I'll see you in hell, Shibble. Fucking A. Fucking A.